The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only and should not replace the advice of a licensed therapist or medical professional. All the information obtained in this podcast comes from peer-reviewed research and literature. Please find references to each podcast in the description. Welcome to Real Talk with your host, Dr. Africa Rainey. Hello and welcome to Real Talk, a podcast about diversity, mental health, and everything in between. I'm your host, Dr. Africa Rainey. On today's podcast, we'll be discussing microaggressions, the three types, the impact of microaggressions, and ways you can stop them. Thanks so much for tuning in. Sit back and enjoy. Sometimes you don't realize what's happened until that familiar sting of pain creeps up, followed by a soaking sadness. The little cuts of pain reminding you of who you are, of where you fit in this world. Microaggressions first created by Harvard professor Chester Middlebrook, then further developed by counseling psychologist Daryl Wing Sue, defines microaggressions as brief and commonplace daily verbal, behavioral, and environmental indignities, whether intentional or unintentional, that communicate hostile, derogatory, or negative slights or insults to a target person or group. What do you do when you receive them? What do you do when you commit them? We'll be talking about that today on Real Talk. Thanks for tuning in. Okay, so let's look at the three types of microaggressions. Let's take a look at each one. The very first one is called micro-invalidation, and it actually sounds like that. It's when you have words, thoughts, or behaviors that reject, invalidate, 
or restrict the thoughts, feelings, and experiences of marginalized individuals. So some examples of that are when a person says, I don't see color. When they say, you know, I treat everyone the same. You know, what they're doing is they're denying the history of separation and marginalization in this country of certain individuals against other individuals. And it's important to embrace that because the only way to get to a place of healing is to acknowledge what's happened and talk about it. So the second thing is micro assault. Now, this is just plain violence, really, but it's being explicitly hurtful, insulting, disrespectful to marginalized individuals. An example is the use, of course, of slurs when referring to specific types of marginalized individuals, acting avoidant of certain individuals, nonverbal behavior like stalking someone at a gym or anything that would suggest threat or attack. Purposeful isolation of marginalized individuals is another example of that. The third is called micro insult. Now, the micro assault was much more blatant, but micro insult and micro invalidation, these are much more subtle and can be difficult for individuals who may uh, perform these actions, have these behaviors, it can be difficult for them to understand and detect them. So micro insult is when you have words, thoughts, or behaviors that convey rudeness, insensitivity, or disrespect toward marginalized individuals. An example would be assigning a certain level of intelligence or understanding to an individual based on their race at the exclusion of actual merit and accomplishments, assuming an individual to be dangerous based on their race, treating someone less than based on their economic status. Those are all examples. So these behaviors will often go unnoticed in work environments, schools, even within your own intimate relationships. So it's very important that they are acknowledged and talked about because the only way to stop microaggressions is to become aware of them, manage any guilt or shame around doing them, and have a willingness to change. Feeling bad about bad behavior is the most common problem in resisting change. Being a diversity ally means confronting microaggressions when you see them and creating an environment in which everyone's voice is heard and there is no tolerance for these behaviors. Research indicates people who perpetuate microaggressions will do so in the presence of people who they feel like they can get away with it. If you present in your thoughts, in your feelings, and in your behaviors a front of, this is not okay, then you can stop it.
a member of a marginalized group, there can be a great deal of stress placed on being compared to unrealistic monocultural standards that are often grounded in subconscious or conscious bias. Individuals from marginalized groups were often forced to conform to these standards and either we're covertly punished or overtly punished if we do not. The feeling of pressure from conforming to something that we can't possibly conform to is called microaggressive stress. And it is a chronic problem among white women, LGBTQI2+, and people of color. This stress often leads to issues in the body, such as having a compromised immune system, cardiovascular issues, and can also lead to issues with depression, anxiety, low self-esteem, feelings of hopelessness, anger, and rage. Individuals who receive microaggressions will also often respond out of defensiveness because it hurts. And when we respond in those ways, the individuals who perpetuate those can often intensify their behaviors because they don't understand that what they're doing is hurtful. Painful as it may be to hear, it is important that we open ourselves up to the possibility that we could perpetuate, unknowingly perpetuate microaggressions against other people and learn these words, I'm sorry, I'll do better next time and help me understand so I can do better next time. Be open to hearing the words of marginalized people. More importantly, be open to hearing the pain of marginalized people. That is often what is the most uncomfortable, is hearing the pain of your action, hearing the pain of how another person has been impacted by your own behavior. Managing the guilt and shame of that can go a long way and building bridges and building connection and understanding of one another. So what happens when you unknowingly or knowingly commit a microaggression against another person? It's important to understand the closer you fit the cultural ideal, the less likely you will have to deal with microaggressions personally, but you are also more likely to commit them due to social conditioning. 
So it's important to recognize that almost everyone unknowingly commits some variety of microaggression simply due to the immense diversity that we have. Shame can often prevent us from coming to terms with those behaviors. Hearing the voices of individuals, like I mentioned before, is so vital in stopping these painful, often subconscious behaviors from occurring. You know, sometimes we can think, I'm a nice person, I can't possibly do that to someone. But sometimes being nice and demonstrating love and respect for the people we care about or want to work with means we must examine our belief systems with the understanding that some of the behaviors within those systems taught to us hurt other people. The truly kind thing to do is recognizing that and changing those beliefs. In life, the words, I'm sorry, help me understand and I'll do better next time and doing it following through can go a long way in mending relationships and create new opportunities for connections with diverse individuals. Quote from author and poet Audre Lorde. For we have built into all of us old blueprints of expectation and response, old structures of oppression, and these must be altered at the same time as we alter the living conditions which are a result of these structures. For the master's tools will never dismantle the master's house. It is important for each of us to reach inside of us to begin to dismantle the belief systems we hold on to that hurt other people. Before we can begin to see real change in our outer world, we must first make a commitment to change our inner world. To begin with addressing the fears and constructs that have been created by this culture that impact us and other people in negative ways. I'm Dr. Africa Rainey with Real Talk. This has been so much fun. Thank you so much. I so look forward to speaking with you again in two weeks. Take care and have a beautiful day. Bye-bye. Thank you.